When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt Bernard. Michael Bryant and Alex Rasmussen are not going to be here today. Michael Bryant's out of town and Alex has got a sick baby. Well, well he's not a baby anymore, I guess. He's got a sick little boy. Don't call him a baby. He's a baby to me. He won't like that. He well, probably actually, wouldn't like sometimes me. he does. I like being called a baby yeah, still. Four-year-olds, if they're around babies, they want to be babies. But oh, when they're yeah. around big kids, they want to be big kids. Yep, they're, of course. They're torn. I suppose. They're torn. I suppose that's true. It but is true. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. So what's new? Anything good? 
tomorrow it'll be a good day to talk about all the movies that we've been seeing. And I still think you would like Coda, even though there are subtitles. Well, I might, yeah, I might like Coda. Because there's only subtitles because it's deaf people talking to each other. Right, right. It's such a good movie. I told Katie Harms to watch it, and she watched it with her husband, and both Katie and Dana liked it. So it's not just a woman movie, like no. you're maybe a little suspicious of. Uh, don't try to hang that on me. Forget it. Oh, you don't like a women movie. Don't start that. Well, I've heard good things about it. It's really, really good. The guy that plays the dad, I think he was deaf from birth. He has so much emotion in his face. Oh, you mean in real life? He, he yeah. deaf in real yeah, life. Yeah, two of them. Troy Kotsur. Uh, yes, he is deaf. Where is he? Where is he from? Um, he is from Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. Oh wow, that's a, that used to be a small town. Um, and then the the population five hundred thousand. Well, now so Mesa, not a small town Mesa, anymore. Mesa, not anymore. Mesa used to be a farming town. It, it has was, just yeah. exploded. It's I remember. Insane. In nineteen sixty, it had a population of thirty three thousand. Yeah. I wish God. I would have known to buy up land back oh, then. Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, your then, parents lived in Mesa, didn't they? They, they lived in Chandler, which is very, oh, right. very, was... very close to Mesa. And Chandler also used to be a little farming town, and now it's insane because it's all really close into Phoenix proper. And then the guy that plays the brother, I think he's from Minnesota, and he was also he's also deaf. Daniel Durant is from Detroit. Detroit, Michigan? Detroit Lakes. Come on, listen to She's working that Dang one it. hard right there. I thought there. he was from Minnesota. He's also born deaf. Well, he was born deaf. And then Marley Matten? Matlin. Yes, that's Matt the Lynn. mother. Matlin. Yeah. I, I don't know if she was born deaf. Because I remember I believe she, she was. She was a really big thing with children from a lesser god. Yeah. And she was like all over the place for a long time. And she kind of talked. I think she can hear a little tiny bit. She can hear 20% in her left ear. Yeah, so that's pretty deaf. Pretty deaf. I mean, I I had my mother who was, I mean, stone deaf. It was just for the last, my God, 30 years of her life, her and her hearing aids were enough to drive you insane. Yes, indeed. She couldn't hear on the phone. She couldn't hear this. She couldn't hear that. She could not hear my voice at all. Really? Yeah. It was really bad. I wish we would have learned sign language, to tell you the truth, with her. Because I didn't yeah. ever get to have a real conversation with her for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, even yelling at her. <clears throat> and then, um, I mean, Starkey was nice enough to give her some really, really, really high-end digital um, hearing aids. That the first time she put them on, she was like, you can't, uh, What? <laughs> I can't even believe this. Yeah, Starkey was great. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they really tried hard. And even those, she just, I most of it was probably user error, knowing her. Well, could be, um, yes. But, you know, they helped for a while, and then all of a sudden they didn't. And it was a great, big, huge thing. So living with her hearing loss, it really affected her life. It affected her self-esteem. She didn't want to go anywhere. Remember when we had an invitation to the governor's mansion for dinner? Yes. And um, your your mom came. Yep. And my mom refused to go. And yeah, why? She to, she because go, yeah. she can't hear anything, and she doesn't want to look stupid. 
Yeah. And she so, didn't look stupid. She, I mean, she well, might have thought I, that. I, I, I'm telling you, people who can't hear are left out of everything because they're just sitting there and everybody's laughing and talking and they don't know what it's all about. Yeah, no, they're just kind of sitting there. Yeah, they're disconnected from the world. And yeah. this movie really showed how that works, that you know, hearing people have no idea what it's like for people that can't hear. And, I mean, you don't run into that many deaf people, so it's no. not it's I don't not know if like, I've ever met a deaf person. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, your grandmother was deaf. <laughs> well, she was. She could hear with some ten thousand dollar hearing aids. Yeah, that's true. And then um, our uh, Chris Gas. Craig, Craig Gas. Craig Gas. He, his his he family is deaf. Yeah, Coda is children of deaf deaf adults. Yes. That's yes. what it stands for. But yeah, right. like an actual, like completely deaf person. I've never met one. Yeah, because he's talked about that being a child of deaf parents. Well, he does so many great impressions right on the money because his parents were deaf and he had to learn how to handle all that himself. Yeah, right. he learned how to mimic speech yep, yeah, like by did. himself. Yeah, it's amazing. Because it's not like his parents were going to teach him how to speak. Yeah. Plus, he's a great guy anyway, so it all works out in the end. Yeah, and in this movie, the daughter, there's one hearing person in the family, and it's the youngest daughter, and she loves music. Mm -hmm. And she wants to sing for a living, and they're like, what, what? And, you know, they go to her concert, and they can't yeah. tell. they can't hear They don't know yeah. what she's doing. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. So it's hard to be happy for somebody when you don't even know what it is that they're doing and why people get so excited about music. Yeah, I feel like it would be very surreal to be born deaf. And to, like, literally have no idea what music even is. What anything sounds like. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be very yeah. you hear people listening to music, and you can't even really conceptualize it. No, you really can't. Yeah, the drum beating, the the, the bass drum is about yeah, like, they can you yeah. in your chest. Do that, that but was, yeah. That was a scene yeah. where the dad likes hardcore gangster rap. <laughs> Oh, did because he? of the bass, so he rolls yeah. he rolls yeah. up into the school and he's got this hardcore gangster rap going, and all the kids are like, they don't know what he's the rapper is saying. Too. Yeah, and yeah. then they're not all that well off. They're like in a, from a fishing village in New England. They he runs a boat. Oh yeah, he runs a fishing boat, so they don't have a lot of money. It was those days when the fishing industry was drying up, and the individual um, fisher person couldn't really make a, much money at all. Um, you know, so they were, uh, can you imagine the torture that she went through? I mean, deaf parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not all that, you know, not all that wealthy. Uh, you know, kids are not nice to people with differences no, like that. No, they are not. Believe now, me. Nowadays, I think you'd be, maybe the teachers would be wise enough to have it, just discussions about this, what it's like, you know, what sign yeah. language is. I mean, I don't know. It was very interesting. I, I, it was just really well done. It was well casted. It was just, it was a great movie. It really, I mean, I haven't, like, cried in a movie, and I don't even remember how long. And I flat out, tears rolling down my face two or three times. Well, there you go. It's so you really want me good. to watch this. That'll it's work. It's really, really good. It's an emotional release, Tom. I already had one yesterday. I don't need another one. You cry yesterday? Well, I'm Andy Fisher. Oh, that's right. I went to visit my oh, buddy yeah. Andy, who's not doing well. Yeah. And literally, I held his hand and cried like a little baby. Yeah. I did. Didn't There's he kick no you name. out because you were crying too much? <laughs> yeah, I kind of did at first. <laughs> He's got to stop that. But uh, oh, yeah, he is my oldest and dearest friend. I love that man. His whole family was so great to me. That's 
that's very difficult. I'll tell yeah, you that. It sucks. We'll have to keep an eye on it because he. Uh, well, Andy, did you ever? So, so you you didn't get a chance to see him over the weekend. Nope. He said no. Our son Andy is named after uh, named after Andy Fisher, because Andy and I literally. Andy brought up something, and you know he could. He has a hard time talking and all that stuff. He's he's not doing well at all. Yeah. But he said, "Tell my wife what you said to my mother when you were 12 years old." And I said, "You mean the pajamas one?" He goes, "Yeah, tell her that story." Because I used to spend half of my literally. Andy Fisher pointed out yesterday that his dresser in his room. The top three doors were drawers were his, and the bottom three were mine. That's how much time I spent at his house. I was constantly over there, right? So we come down one morning, and Mrs. Fisher, God, brilliant woman. She now she graduated from college in that World War II generation. Wow! Which not too many women went to college back no. then. And she was a college graduate, very, very bright woman. His parents were just terrific people, both of them. I love them dearly as well. His sisters, his brother, Dick. Uh, um, you know, once the events move on, Barb's going to be the only one still around. It's, mm-hmm. gonna, it's just amazing. But we get on for breakfast, and I'm sitting there in my pajamas having breakfast at his house. And Mrs. Fisher came by and said, Tom, how's everything? And I grabbed my shirt, my pajama shirt, and I said, a little more starch in the pajamas next time, huh? Oh, okay, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> and Andy just, he started laughing. It was hilarious. Jeez. It was wonderful. But uh, <laughs> honest to God, I hope he, he hangs on because if he goes, he will be the 25th person in 23 months of, that I know that has died. Hmm, that's the common denominator here. Hmm. Yes, it's my fault. There's the no question. Yes, I killed aging. Bob Saget. Yeah. There's no question about it. But seriously, be the 25th person. It's just insane how many people are passing away right now. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. It we seems. have Spencer on the line. Spencer is? Mm-hmm. Spencer, how you doing? Okay, can you hear me okay? I can hear you wonderfully. Fantastic, thank you. I've been having a lot of trouble getting in, but I, I have three different browsers, but I finally made it through my Chrome. I have, you know, Firefox, I have them all, but I'm here. Well, okay, then. So what's going on, Spencer? You're going on. I'm working on setting up the Elvis Comeback documentary with Steve Binder. Uh, Steve wrote, <clears throat> he directed the original Elvis special. He, we had Baz Luhrmann write the foreword to Steve. Oh, sure. Which our doc is based on. That's in production now. I was just on a bunch of calls trying to get the, the Darius Rucker interview set and all kinds of stuff. So I'm busy and I've got another half a dozen things in the oven. So it's all good. You have another half dozen things in the oven. Spencer, you're a very busy man. There's no question about that. It sounds like Listen, you're really Tom, busy. Older, older than you, but been doing this thing longer. So there you go. Wow. Spencer Proffer with us, ladies and gentlemen. The day the music died, the story of Don McLean's American Pie. I, I think the world of Don McLean. We have him on the show. We've had him on this show several times. Had him on the KQ Morning Show a lot. Spencer, honest to God, I, I love talking to and listening to Don McLean. What a, what a talent. Well, Don's a really smart guy. He was an artiste. Matt was, is, continues to be. And I got the privilege of bringing his vision of a song that permeated pop culture forward to the public today. And I'm very proud to do that and proud to be aligned with Don that he trusted me to produce it. It is great. Today, the music died the story of Don McLean's American Pie. The film features Brian Wilson, Garth Brooks, Pete Seeger, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, I love Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic is a great guy. And Peter Gallagher. Um, God, you, you just, you are a busy man. Spencer, so you're talking about how many different specials you, you're, are you putting together right now? Well, in in our development and funded production slate, we have at least another half a dozen. And they're all with iconic talents who have made a statement through their work. They're not as famous as Don, but their work is. And my job as a, you know, music guy coming from the music as opposed to just coming from corporate, you know, offices is to bring their vision forward, be it Del Bryant, whose parents wrote all the Everly hits, Stephen yeah. Schwartz, who wrote, you know, Wicked Godspell Pippin, Lamont Dozier's estate. Lamont was my friend before he passed. Oh. He all the key four tops, you know, Supremes, Martha Van Bandelos hits. And our, our approach to Lamont Stock will not just be a regurgitation of the songs, but really what he meant when he wrote them, Standing in the Shadows, we were in a heat wave, we were in quicksand, just like we were years ago under the past administration. Yeah, but to be honest with you, Spencer, I worked at Capitol Records for seven, almost eight years. Um, it was a It was a joy doing it. Uh, just to be around music 24 hours a day. When you work at Capitol Records, you're around music 24 hours a day. I was in a band from the time I was, I think, 12 years old till I was about uh, 18. Loved doing that. 
And then I uh, went to work short, got into radio. Then I went to work at Capitol Records. And I tell you, just to, I talk about the studio in the old Capitol Records building in, in Hollywood. There's a studio, and it's still, well, last I checked, I shouldn't say it still is, but the last I checked a short time ago, the studio, A, at the Capitol Records building, you go in there and the same microphones that Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and all the Johnny Mercer and all these people used are still there. Have you ever been in that studio, Spencer? Not only have I been there, I mixed a little, my Little River Band record there for Capitol. I made two albums. Oh, with, my God, uh, Spencer. Uh, Carmen Pieces, King Cobra Band, Bastard sure. Leonard and I had, a, had an overall production deal while I had my label at CBS, which became Sony. I was producing records for Capitol. That is phenomenal. So you, were, you and I worked for Capitol at the same time. That's amazing. Well, you worked for them. I worked with them. Who was president when you were there? Don Zimmerman. Yeah, Don Zimmerman was great, and Walter was the marketing guy. Walter. Yeah, I did, uh, yeah Walter was great. Walter uh, Lee. What, what I did. Yeah, Walter Lee. What I did with Don is, uh, do you remember the John Butcher records? Yes, of course, absolutely. I produced and arranged them all and mixed them. And what happened was that the people at Epic, Don Dempsey, Tony Martell, who were the gatekeepers of my label deal, did not believe black artists could rock, notwithstanding Hendrix. But uh, <laughs> to his credit, Don did. And when I made the Tina Turner album, uh, which was on UA, ultimately subsumed by Capital, I did think that black could rock because you don't have to be colored to, you don't have to have any demarcation to be a rock star. And uh, no the doubt. guys at Capitol got it with John Butcher. They really felt it. So when Epic said, we can't deal with John Butcher because he sounds too much like Hendrix. And I thought, yeah, he is actually sings like Sam Cooke. He plays like Hendrix, but he's his own guy. I made a three album deal with Don Zimmerman and Baskerman Mennett for Capitol. Oh, Records. sure. So if you remember those records, I produced them. I do absolutely remember though. I got to tell you a very quick story, Spencer. Spencer Proffer with us, ladies and gentlemen, CEO, music and media producer, and strategist. Um, hanging out with the Little River Band was a ball. I love those guys. Very, very nice people. And Glenn Sharrock, I used to take him around to interviews and things like that. You couldn't find a nicer guy than Glenn Sharrock. Just a terrific man. But I remember we we're in Omaha, Nebraska, on a tour one time. They're appearing in Omaha, Nebraska, and I took him around to the local radio stations. And he's about to do an interview on WHO in uh, in Iowa. Or was that in Omaha? That was in Omaha. Yeah, oh. right, it was. But anyway, I, I take him into the studio and I said, now, do you, do you know a lot about the Little River Band? Because whatever you need to know, just ask me. If you have some questions, you're, you're kind of wondering if you should ask or not, just ask me first and we can get it all done. He said, no, 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 I love this band. Little River Band's a great, great band. And I got it covered, so don't worry about it. I said, okay, well, I'll just stay out of the studio then. I'll, I'll uh, listen to it in the in the lobby of the radio station. And <laughs> I go in, I go into the uh, lobby, and I'm sitting there listening. And they go away, forget it. They come out of uh, Little River Band, and he's going to do his big interview with Glenn Sharrock. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WHO uh, Radio. It's uh, great to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Got a superstar in studio live with us today. Please welcome from Little River Band, George Shark. 
George, <laughs> Glenn Sharrock, George Shark. What's the difference, right? Spencer, I used to handle that stuff so much. It was unbelievable dealing with those people because they never got the names right. Yeah, did you know, do you remember an album called Playing to Win where David Hirschfelder was the keyboard guy? I do not. Yeah, it went top ten. I actually wrote and produced with the band. Oh, and okay. Graham, Graham Goble, the title song. When the Olympics hit L.A. in 1984, and the Russians were fighting, uh, were facing off against the Americans in wrestling competition. They actually licensed the master before we released it on Capitol as a single called Playing to Win. David Hirschfelder, who had conducted the Australian Symphony, was the keyboard player. And he actually scored Baz Luhrmann's first movie, Strictly oh, Ballroom. Sure. That's when I met Baz, was through David who was the keyboardist in the Little River Band that I produced for Capitol. And that's how I got next to Baz, to uh, who made the Elvis comeback, which uh, Steve Binder and I are next to. So it's, Tom, it's just one big circle, and you're right, music is at the anchor of everything. It is. There's no... I look, I, I, I remember... Well, I'll, I'll tell you something, Spencer. This is kind of... And you would understand this feeling, I'm sure, but I do remember when uh, the Beatles broke. I was 11 years old. And Kenny Anderson, one of my great friends, and I, 11 years old, would swing on the swings at Cleveland Park in, uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, singing wow. Twist and Shout and this and that and the other thing. And then just, uh, you know, 10, 12 years later, I'm working in the building. The Beatles used to come and visit and sitting in the studio. Wow. Uh, I, it was overwhelming, Spencer, to go from, you know, a swing set at 11 to at 22, 23, 24 years old, whatever I was, working in the very building where those uh, same Beatles sat a lot of times. Wow. Well, when I was a kid coming up, uh, I was at UCLA. I learned how to play guitar through a book that a buddy of mine's sister had. And I would write my own lyrics to Beatle melodies and my own oh. melodies to Beatle lyrics. And <laughs> nothing was more magical than uh, my buddy and I won the UCLA Spring Sing Contest doing a kind of Beatles imitation original song. So their influence on me as a creative guy was second to none. And so later on for me to actually make my own records, which clearly weren't in the same league, but were certainly inspired by, I owe a lot of, I pay a lot of homage to the early Beatles as you do. And Twists and Shout, funny enough, was an Isley Brothers song. But when you listen to, you know, the early compositions that Leonard McCartney wrote, magic all the way through. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no question about that. We're talking to Spencer Proffer, ladies and gentlemen, CEO, music and media producer, strategist, talking about uh, one of the greatest things of all time, and that would be rock and roll music. There's What a gift it was, Spencer, to be born at the time we were born, where, where you know, I'm, I was a little, you and I are a little too young probably to remember uh, <laughs> Elvis breaking. I remember when he was a big star, but my sister, I know, is uh, she's seven years older than me. Boy, she was a huge Elvis fan, I'll tell you that. No, let me tell you, let me tell you something, Tom. I was a student at UCLA when I auditioned for Binder Howe because Bones had produced the association and the a fifth dimension, Steve Binder, oh, was sure. his tutorial partner. Steve directed the comeback special. For me today, 50, 54 years later, to be kind of blessed to produce the comeback special doc through Steve's lens 
and really show the public what it was like to befriend Steve. Our doc is called Elvis and Steve. It'll stream on Paramount Plus next spring. And it's the real deal. It's really through Steve's lens what it was like to befriend Elvis, take on Colonel Parker, and make a seminal event in pop culture history for Elvis. You know, Spencer, that's one of the things I you just look at that. What, what, again, what a great, great gift this is. And I got to point something out about you that people might not know. Spencer Proffer has a career long commitment to the issues of uh, civil rights and human rights, amongst uh, other civic and charitable causes to which he gives time and resources. In 2022 23, Spencer will be producing multiple enterprises with meaningful social responsibility. But that is the music in and of itself, isn't it, Spencer? That The, the first really clear, good communication of people trying to reach out to people, other people who were maybe not like them. I think that music gets that done before anything else gets that done. Do you agree with that, Spencer? hundred percent. Yeah. Because true. it permeates pop culture because it's the quickest form of repeatable entertainment. And some of the great artists, writers, the Graham Nash, the Carol Kings, the Elton Burnies, the James Taylors, would write songs that would touch a zeitgeist. Cat Stevens with father and son really talk about how relationships of people mean something to one another. So, yeah, I agree with you. Steve Binder was the first director to put blacks on television in music. Yes. With Hullabaloo, and he did the Tammy show, and he had Marvin Gaye and, and uh, James Brown, 1964. So using media to make social statements is the way to go, man. And the only thing I can do as a student of pop culture is do what I can do, which is I love the music, use music as a propeller. And I think everybody, I mean, that's why it's so, I know a lot of, a lot of parents, oh, what are you listening to that rock and roll music for? What are you doing? What are you? Hey, it's good that we all did because we, I learned a great deal by listening to, you know, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, of course, the Temptations, the Supremes. I mean, the, all the crossover areas, if you paid attention, you realize we are all the same and music gets us there, which is just, what a gift. That's what McLean did with American Pie. Yeah. Yep. When, when you listen to that eight-minute opus, he speaks to social issues, cultural issues, emotional issues, and he wrote it from his lens. And then to be able to bring it forward to kids today, 50-some-odd years later, is pretty cool. But again, it's what you said, Tom. It's music makes the statement, and it's interpretive. Lucy in the Sky means something different to you. Strawberry Fields means something different to me, but that's the beauty of music. You can interpret it. It could mean whatever you want. What McLean did to his credit in the reason we're talking, the, you know, the doc on the day the music died, was he opened up his heart, his vision, and his soul to talk about what he meant, and he revealed that. And I think that's really interesting to kids today in the year 2022, 23. God bless Paramount Plus for having the vision. Bruce Gilmer, Bob Backish understood what the vision was and they said go for it and we did you know it is it, you, you got a good point there streaming has done so much uh, streaming is phenomenal i know people get angry it's like oh my god digital's taking over the world but the streaming part of it i don't mind spencer because you get to see and hear so many great things because of streaming now it's wonderful i agree 100 percent. and i kind of personally at this ripe old age of probably the same as yours I've doubled down on it because it's, yep. a, it's a vehicle to get the things that have meant something to me for the last 40 plus years 
out to the world with a new vehicle, which is streaming. I think streaming's fantastic. I, I got to tell you something that I've, I've told Don McLean this several times, but I'm 24 years old working at WDGY Radio in Bloomington, Minnesota. I'm the nighttime <laughs> disc jockey, and I'm barking out uh, up a storm back in those days, a lot of yelling and screaming and that whole deal. And I'm rocking out as much as I, ah, we're going to rock and roll all night long, Spencer. It's going to be unbelievable. And then I was, uh, somebody handed me a 45. They said, you need to listen to this because this is you, this has got you all over it. And it was Don McLean's song called Wonderful Babies. That is one of the most touching songs. Now, here's a guy who can tell a story through music like no one else. And, and you, you would talk about American Pie, brilliant. But his song, if you've, folks, if you've never heard Wonderful Babies by Don McLean, it's one of the sweetest yet scariest songs I've ever heard. Because the baby's wondering, am I going to make it through all of this craziness? Yeah. It's wonderful. Hey, Tom, Tom, do you understand? I'm sure you do because you're such a in-depth music guy. If you really understood the lyrics to Vincent, sure, it's oh, about yeah. But Vincent Van Gogh, he had mental health issues. He had emotional issues. Why did he take his life? I think for Don to actually encapsulate that in poetry was brilliant. Well, he and nailed it. I, I am so looking forward to, I'm working with Don now on bringing that forward for all generations. And we, we're going to do an illustrated children's book on what it is. It won't be on the lyrics. It'll be on the sensibilities of it. And I want to put a symphony orchestra behind the oh. melody and have somebody of today oh, read what, uh, the lyrics or what the sensibility of the song means. I think it'll touch generations. But Don saw that in 1969. Lots of credit to him, man. He is a poet. And the great thing about that is, and I'm glad you pointed out, it was one, uh, 1969, because I think, Spencer, what we're going through right now with the people's hatred of one another, their political arguments, if you don't agree with me, I hate you. And it's just, it's kind of like it was in the, in the late 60s, 67, 68. My, yep. my uh, neighborhood burned to the ground, and it never recovered from all these years later. But uh, I think the only way we're going to get through this, I hate you because you don't agree with me, is through music. I think the only way you get out of this is through music. What do you think of that? I think that you get through media because music is a component of media. That's yeah, why yeah. streaming is cool because you can visualize the music. But I agree with you because, you know, and it's funny, I'm working on some initiatives now for the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, where music married to military because there's no donkeys or elephants on the bullets, you know? <laughs> you know, exactly. Lincoln, Lincoln was a Republican, Roosevelt was a Democrat yep. during World War II. The guys who serve take care of the people who they serve for. And years ago, God bless Quincy Jones, was the EP on an event I produced headlined by Kiss and Beyonce on behalf of the Marine Corps called Rock and the Corps. And we wanted to show that music really touched the, the guys out there fighting. Bob Hope did it in the 40s. Yep. I, I'd, I'd like to be the guy to do that in the, you know, in the 2000s. And I agree with you. I think that not that music and media can galvanize the world, but it can help. Oh, and no I think... You know, songs like American Pie, Stand By Me, where I'm going to be working on a documentary on how that song touches people. I actually think that we're on to something by using media. And that's the gig that I have. I don't have a job except taking out garbage. So for my wife, <laughs> that's, wow. during COVID, Tom, 
I've done, I've really mastered that one. But um, the punchline is it, it counts to me. It means something to me. It means something to my kids. And I hope it means something to the world. One of the reasons Elliot hooked us up to do this podcast is because you get it. And I don't mind speaking to somebody like you who gets it because I think, the, I think the world should understand what we're trying to do. You're trying to make me tear up over here, Spencer, you pill? <laughs> no, I've never been to Minneapolis, although I was supposed to go to a KTEL meeting there years ago. Oh, God, but, I used to do the I was the voice of KTEL for years. Oh, my God, yeah. I was going to do something there, but I, I didn't because I didn't. But anyway, the punchline is, <laughs> no, the, the fact that you're in Minneapolis, but yet you want to reach the world from your platform, I think it's fine. It's admirable as all hell. It doesn't matter if we're in Cambodia or if we're in, you know, a hole in a bunker. As long as we want to say and do something that counts, why not do it while we're on the planet? No question about it. Another example I can use, Spencer, because, you know, you and I are about the same age, no question about that, but... I'm telling you, there's an album that got me through the Vietnam era and all the violence of the late 60s. Uh, you know, after that had all gone on. What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to that album about five times a day, both sides, as a matter of fact, Spencer. It saved me from being depressed as hell about the, the state of the world. Not only are you spot on Lamont, God bless his memory when he was alive. He oh, was there. God. And when he wrote How Sweet It Is, Barry Gordy wasn't as big a fan of Marvin's social cultural approach to, you know, what's going on and what he wanted to say. But he did give him the opportunity to do it. With Lamont, he had to disguise his feelings, you know, wrapped into things like the same old song and Standing in the Shadows, which were pop songs. But really, when you go deep into the lyric, which my doc will do, we're going to find out what he really meant by that. We are standing in the shadows still now in 2022. It is the same old song, whether you're on the yeah. left or the right. And I, I remember, Tom, when back in 69, I was going to UCLA. I was in law school. I was marching for the SDS of Students for Democratic sure. Society. Sure. I was actually a leader of the Southern California branch. And I was a big believer that you, you could have an opinion about the war. You could have an opinion. And today, we're in the same place. It's only 50, 60 years later. But the point is, we're all allowed to speak our voice and our hearts. And let's just try and unite as a, as a race, because we're all going to wind up in the same place anyway. We are indeed. You know, and the one thing about that, that man also, Marvin Gaye, that uh, if, I, if I held on to a belief in God, it was probably because... Marvin Gaye, who just always talked about how sweet it is and how we can get through this and what's going on and all the rest of it. Marvin Gaye, for younger people, was murdered by his own father. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that that would have happened. I'll never forget that day. It's like, how could you kill Marvin Gaye, your own baby boy, and you killed him? You know the story of Sam Cooke, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. Well, actually, if you wouldn't mind repeating it, Spencer, I'd love to hear it again. Well, you know it better than I. You have a much better radio voice than I can ever have. You're All fine. I know is that Sam Cooke, A Change Is Gonna Come, was probably a song that was 10 years ahead of what's going on. Yeah. And it, yep. spoke, it spoke to the fact that a change is going to come and people are dying and then Sam Cooke gets shot. So, um, yep. I mean, Martin Luther King got shot. 
Yep. There are some sickos out there, man. They're still sick today. If you look at the kids that are getting whacked in their schools, what can we do? All we can do is have our own voice. We ain't those people. And I would, seriously, for young people that are listening right now, I would recommend Lean On Music. And I'm not talking about There's some of this music. There's a lot of angry music. A lot of angry music. And I don't want, I don't want any part of that. I, I, I listen to music because of the beauty of it. Because you could sing along, because you go, oh my God, what what a great! I mean, the Temptations, uh, the Supremes, as I pointed out earlier. I listened to their music because it made me feel better. Not, I don't want to feel worse when I listen to music, you know. No, I agree with you, Tom. Listen, all we can do. It's okay to be an immigrant. It's okay to be a dreamer. It's okay to have an opinion. You don't always have to agree. That doesn't invalidate what your heart tells you. So all we can do as music, you know, goons that we are, is just, you know, use that art form to just express what we're feeling. That's all. Some people, Wadsworth and Tennyson and Shakespeare and Shelley and Keats did it with poetry. You know, when you go back to Socrates, you go back to all the pundits of life. They've used one form of art or another to express a spirit. That's what philosophy is about. That's what even some of the great Russian authors like Dostoevsky and, you know, I mean, it's okay. Use media to express your soul. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Spencer, do you remember, um, because it seems to me just talking to you that you knew the way you were going to handle difficult situations in the world was through music. I handled my difficult uh, days by listening to music and all the rest of it. How old were you when you knew you were going to end up being Spencer Proffer, I mean, and doing all the great things you've done? How old was I? Yeah. Well, how about this? (laughs) I came to America, Tom, when I was six years old, and I got the shit beat out of me as a kid moving to Albuquerque because the only People my knew from my parents knew from concentration camp, settled in New Mexico, and I understood what it was like to go up against it early. So I kind of felt like the lyrics to there's a great line in the Dylan song, like a Rolling Stone, which really touched me, which is when when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. And so I kind of felt that back in 1965 when I had nothing, I was poor. We, I ate off a hot plate as a kid coming up, and I just felt like, hey, the only thing I can do, the only way is to go up and to keep, like Michelle Obama says, they go low, you go high. And I've just tried to go high with everything I've done. If sometimes I hit it, sometimes I didn't, but I sure tried. Don't you think our American politicians, well, world politicians, actually, because England and, well, most places in the world have huge problems now, but... Um, yeah, we should maybe uh, pay attention to that, that, that instead of just beating someone into the ground, maybe you could try to understand what they're talking about. We're not, not a lot of, and I, to, to tell you the truth, Spencer, I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I'm kind of a centrist. So I get yelled at by both sides. It's really a thrill. <laughs> well, the thing, I, the thing I actually do like about people who think like you, Tom, and, and I, is that, yeah, I'm kind of Switzerland when it comes to stuff. I do have sure. my political opinions. It's not relevant with music. I know that Don feels the same way because we just want people to embrace the spirit of what you're saying. So being a centrist is okay with media. You don't have to lean left or lean right. All you have to do is lean correctly. 
And I think my hat's off to Al Gore for his efforts for climate change. I think that affects the world. I don't think just because you're a Democrat or a Republican, you can avoid the fact that the world is, has an issue with climate change. So you should support that. Um, if you're a Republican, great, wake up. If you're a Democrat, you embrace it. It's all okay. Just make a statement. That's why my hat's off to Al Gore when he made Inconvenient Truth. You know. He tried to use media to make the statement. Well, he did. There's no question. I, I'm hoping we get by this uh, this current era a little quicker than some people would like. Uh, I just I would like to get back to the point where I can have a differing opinion than other people, and I don't care if it's from the left or the right. I just I got my opinions, and I, it doesn't mean that I hate you because you disagree with me, but I don't need you know somebody else's ill will coming back at me either. We can just maybe. Well, Spencer, don't you think one of the problems we have and the real problem we have with politics in America, there is just too much money to be made by being a a severe politician on either side? No question. I mean, I think, Tom, and I'm sure because you dedicated your life to music as I have, you don't do it for the money. You do it for the reason you do it. If money is a byproduct, great. But you don't go into it saying, God, I can cash in. And you're right. right. Some politicians figure that platform is the easy way for them to make money. And I don't agree with that. I agree that the way to make money is do good work. Then the money will come. I think that's wonderful. Spencer, you got to come. to. So you've never been to Minneapolis. I have never been. I almost went there, but I, I understand it gets so damn cold in the winter. <laughs> it does. I don't, I don't think I have enough layers to make it through the winter. Well, I mean, come in the summertime. It's beautiful here in the summertime. Well, invite me and I'll find an excuse. You know, listen, I love the fact that you come from such a good place, Tom. And that's what Elliot Very Kendall nice. told me when he said I should talk to you. And when I did my due diligence, I said, wait a minute, this guy gets it. This guy's a music guy. The fact you, you, you know, you work at a label, you understand what the music means. I think that's important to the world. So you just keep going, man. And I'll be there anytime I can to be of any help to you. Spencer, well, how great it was to have you on the show today. I just, uh, I love talking to you because to you and to me, to my family, music is everything. There, there's Music is, is literally everything to me since I was nine years old. I, I love it. You love it. And I can tell how much you really do love it, Spencer. So we will hopefully see you soon, sir. Okay, Tom. Thanks a lot and good luck with your show. I think you're doing good. Thank you. I appreciate being on it. Oh, you're a good man, Spencer. Thank you for being with us. I learned a lot today. Have a good day, sir. Well, thanks. Bye. Bye. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in to Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. 
the free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissans. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant spencer proffer i said What's great about that, ladies and gentlemen, is I never look ahead as who, at who our guests are going to be. So I didn't even know he was going to be on today. Yeah, I, he's had an amazing career. Jeez, he's worked with every fabulous artist yes. they can think of. But do you think, I mean, Andy, you're in a different generation. I would like to get your mother and your opinion. I think one of the only ways we're going to get out of this craziness that we're in right now is we got to put music back the way it was. It's not all pukey, hatred, horrible crap. I just wish that there was a way of convincing the people that are making a ton of money off of the very angry music that's mm-hmm. spreading oh, all of, yeah, a lot of hate. Well, that's the thing. It's the record producers who are doing it. Yeah, pretty They're much. They're the ones who decide what's a hit, what gets, what gets played on the radio, and so forth. Yeah, I just... Music d- does have a very strong ability to change cultures. It, it always no has. Doubt. It absolutely no always it. has. So it's, yeah, it would be nice if we could uh, go back to a little bit of peace and harmony. That would be. But I, it, I just I found that so ironic, though. The one man that I turned to for solace during a very rough period was Marvin Gaye. What's going on? One of the greatest albums ever recorded. And that man who I admired so much, and he was just a very friendly. I never got a chance to meet him because I was too young at that time. Oh, fantastic talent. But he, so he gets shot to death by his own father. What kind of justice is that? My friend Nancy Fortner, you couldn't go to her house, you couldn't go in her car without Marvin Gaye being played. Oh, is there? (laughs) All of the time. I think that's the only person she ever listened to for like three years. Well, me too. That's all I ever did was listen to Marvin Gaye. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, the power of music is just incredible. Um, Last night, I went to visit my 96-year-old dad who is sometimes almost catatonic. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is on a lot of Dilaudid, which I think is contributing to his his state. Yeah, yeah. But last night, I mean, he just, I, I, I went out into the um, cafeteria, and I wheeled him back into his room. And he was too weak to get out of his chair into his other, his mm-hmm. recliner. Yeah. He didn't even, he couldn't even get up. 
that's where we're at with him right now. And um, I was just like, instead of just sitting there having him groan and moan and make weird noises, I said to myself, what would be interesting to him? So I played polka music. Mm-hmm. He likes polka. Oh, my God. He's polka, singing polka, along polka. with the polka music. You see, you can talk to him. Hey, really? Dad, how are you doing? What do you think? Do you want to go do good. something? You don't huh? you don't even get a response or you get a huh? Pardon? Yeah. Um, and you offer, he knows the word chocolate. He comes oh, he knows right that up word. With a word, yes. with a word chocolate. He knows chocolate. Do you want true. a chocolate? Yes. He says automatically, always yeah. wants a chocolate. And he's he was singing a lot. He knew the songs when they were coming on. Here's a guy that can't remember that you're in the room with him. I know. A lot of times. But he can remember the words to roll out the barrel. And <laughs> I don't even know. Because a great memory. Once again, great memories Absolutely. of that song. Absolutely. It, it is hard to be in a bad mood when you're listening to polka music. Mm-hmm. It's very cheery. <laughs> it's very, very cheery music. And, um, well. yeah, I remember many years ago we used to go to all of these bohemian dances down in um, the New Prague, Vesely area in oh, Minnesota it. where there's a lot of Czech, bohemian uh, German um, settlers from the old days, and it's kind of remained that way. And we'd, we'd have these fabulous, fabulous weddings where they'd be playing polka music and everybody would dance. You, re- you remember, I brought you to a couple of them yeah. when you were little. I mean, the 100-year-old people can run out there oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and they can dance like crazy to polka music. It was just, it was such a fun time. And it's great music to just dance to and just be happy. It's very Oktoberfesty, and it was it was really nice to see him actually singing and responding to something. One of my favorite things of all time since I've known Catherine Brandt was going down to Vesely to a wedding and meeting a 92-year-old relative of hers. The 92-year-old relative's name was Young Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to see old Jim. Well, there were a lot of young, yeah, Jim Simon. We had a lot of Simon uh, relatives, and there were a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of young Jim, old Jim. They didn't have junior. There was no junior. junior. There's young Jim and old Jim. Right. Yeah. It was. Should uh, go back to the uh, Greek way. What's Jim that? the elder and Jim the younger. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's basically makes you the sound same thing. B- makes you sound more uh, esteemed, I suppose. So when you're 90, I'm Jim the elder. I'm not old Jim. When you're 100, you're still Jim the younger. Yeah. Or, does, or when the older one dies, do you become the elder? Uh, no, problem. I think well, it's like uh, Pliny the elder. He was a famous uh, author and such. Well, I think he was. You're I mean, an author. You definitely want to remain elder. But his yeah, his nephew was Pliny the Younger. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he was Pliny the Younger until he died. Oh. That's just like a title that you get. It's like okay. Young Jim. You know, he's Young Jim no matter how old he is. Well, that's true. There's only a senior and a junior, and then yep. there's um, two, three, four. If you want to carry down the line. Yeah. Yeah. You Which you don't see too much anymore. That is kind of a title. I don't know if I've ever met a third. Thurston Howell the third. I've met seniors and seniors. Andy Fisher's a third. Is he? Andrew Joseph Fisher the third. Yep. Huh. Well, there you go. That's the one you've met, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, honest to God, I w- I really wish that Alex would have been here for for uh, that interview because she loves music a ton she does too. Love music. She does. There's no doubt about that. It's just if oh. I could ever get our flipping. Stereo system to work. Broken again? Oh, I oh thought you did get it to work. God, no. What's I can get plan? it to play the radio. It's the app. The app is messed up, I'm telling it, you. I, 
try, I deleted the app, and then I reloaded the app, and yeah. then I signed into our account. It was exactly the same crap that, that it Elan was before. The Elan app is yeah, a total piece I of crap. I just don't think that Elan 8 stuff is any good whatsoever. Yeah, yes, We've either. always had trouble with it. God, I don't know what it is outside in the air now, but my voice is, keeps cracking. My oh, allergies are horrible so today. It's so windy. Woo! It's, it's very, it's, well, very windy. It doesn't help that we bagged leaves yesterday. Oh, God, Yeah, probably no. not. <laughs> um, matter of fact, let me run Just down the hall. Just blow them out to the I'm gonna, street. I'm going to go down and blow my nose because I literally, my voice is starting to crack. Here and... No, I'll, I'll be, but you don't want to hear it. Oh, dear. Okay. okay. Okay, gross. You don't want to hear this. When is Kostaki on? In 10 minutes. He's on in 10 minutes. All right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm going down now, so I'll be back in time for Kostaki. Okay. So talk amongst yourself. I'll be right back. <laughs> talk amongst ourselves. I don't know what to talk about. Uh, let's see. We can talk about. Did you see anything this weekend? Did you watch any shows, movies? Uh, we're finishing up The Good Witch. Who's in that? I don't know any of their <laughs> names. I know the uh, young the girl Witch. from is, Once Upon a Time, Bailey is a, something. Is it a movie? No, it's a show. It's a Hallmark show. The Good Witch. Oh, it, Hallmark. Oh, yeah, okay. It feels like an extended Hallmark movie. What do you. What, do you have a Hallmark channel, or can you watch it on another streaming service? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. But it, it is a Hallmark production. It's produced by Hallmark, but it's on Netflix, yeah. My sister, God rest her soul, I apparently used to just sit home watching Hallmark Christmas movies and cry. <laughs> well, I guess if that's what you're into. I've watched, I've watched maybe five Hallmark Christmas movies. We and always like every Christmas. Always the same movie. Every Christmas, we always save like six or seven of them, and we watch maybe two, because they, they are they they are all identical. Yeah, it's always some woman running someone away from something. Someone comes into a small town who doesn't believe in Christmas. Yes. And then they meet someone who, believe, who really believes in Christmas, and, and then yeah. they learn the true meaning of Christmas, and <laughs> they get married. The end. <laughs> That's how it is every single time. I know, and yet they keep on being able to produce. Do they get any viewership? They make tons of money. Well, absurd amounts of money off of these. Okay, so is this the? Okay, so they they do a Halloween version of the same movie. Is it the same movie? I don't know. Somebody if they doesn't do believe anything in Halloween or Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they do really like. Or is it just Christmas? As far as I know, they just make christmas stuff basically it's like their season is you know the month uh, of december i think that there's another version of the christmas movie that just doesn't have anything to do with christmas it's always about love well yeah i mean they do non-christmasy ones but the only ones really anyone cares about are the christmas ones i think and they do like 60 days of those or something or 90 days uh, of christmas well let's see i wonder if i can find uh original movies how many are there Let's see. I mean, they're they're good movies, in my opinion, for like an airplane ride where you don't really. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas Under Wraps, twenty fourteen, got five point eight million viewers. Is that a lot for a movie? Uh, for it, well, it's for the channel itself. Oh. So. Oh. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's pretty good. These days, that's, yeah, that's, that's that extremely is, that's good. That's really good. Okay. Let's see, twenty twenty one. Holy crap! They make a lot of movies. They make so Jesus. many movies. There are probably. Eyeballing it, 40 movies on here for 2021. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, we're, Hallmark. We're talking about the Hallmark <clears throat> Christmas, oh, the Christmas movies. movies. Two for the Win, A Winter Getaway, Snow Kissed, Beverly Hills <clears throat> Wedding, Valentine's Again. They're doing Valentine's stuff. Okay. 
Uh, maybe it's cold outside, sweet Carolina. It's maybe it's cold outside. Sand Dollar Cove doesn't sound very Christmassy. Huh. Well, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, they do it all year round. It's just, nope, sweet pecan summer. Sweet That's pecan definitely summer. not about Christmas. Yeah, nope. Andy was just talking, 5.8 million viewers on a, for a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's pretty good. Well, people are looking for some solace. They really are. That's why I think music is well, going to have to move a little I more friendly. I think that's why people get kind of almost like, yeah, it's almost like a, um, a, romance, like a romance novel. <clears throat> you know, they read the same right. author. It's basically the same yes. book, but it's just a diff- little bit different. You Melissa know, says they have a fall season rush as well. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I think that is. It's just like it's the fine. nine kittens of Christmas. <laughs> kittens oh. of Christmas. I want to watch that one. That's Giddy. very cute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if let's see, Control V or Control F, Christmas. Uh, two hundred seventy-eight matches. So they have two hundred seventy-eight movies with Christmas in the name. <laughs> wow. Well, that's so, good. yeah, that's quite a few. And we that's better get a, watching. That's not even including things that like you know. Like, uh, there's one called Taking the Reins, which I'm assuming is about reindeer. Oh. So, I'm <laughs> hoping. We have Joe on the phone. Joe, what's the latest? He's been crying about Christmas movies for years, I mm-hmm. hear. Oh, yes. He loves Hallmark. No? 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 No Hallmark? No Hallmark for you? I don't watch Hallmark, no. <laughs> it, well, does seem, might, it does I seem think. like a woman thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to you guys talk about Catherine's father. And uh, reminded me that when I was in high school, my grandpa, for lack of a better way to explain it, popped a bolt. Mm-hmm. Didn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. You know? My dad and I would go visit him, and he'd be sitting there humming, and he wouldn't realize he was humming. And so my dad told him to knock it off. Every five, six minutes, he'd be like, who are you again? Oh, oh God, that's hard, man. But you sit him down behind his piano or his organ, name any song you wanted to, he could bang it out with no problem whatsoever. Really? That's really Something about amazing. music, well, it's like stutterers. When they sing, they don't stutter. It's just it, a completely different part of your brain yeah, that somehow is really interesting. generally spared by that kind of thing. Well, my grandfather was um, one of the go-to for... Um, that kind of uh, for organist or pianist. Uh, oddly enough, I went to my first funeral at seven years old because I was being babysat by my grandparents, and my grandfather had to take me with him because he had a funeral he had to play. And I was in my first Catholic church with my grandfather because he had to play. Saturday Night Mass at St. Agnes. Oh, sure. Yep. Which is like a stone throw from where I spent my childhood years in St. Paul. And then uh, you're talking about the third and junior and the second. Mm -hmm. Well, my father's grandfather's name was Frank Steinhauser Jr., the second. Huh? Junior the second? Junior the second? My, dad, my dad's name is Frank Joseph Sanhauser Junior the third. Really? Huh, it's a compound. Yeah. 
So why did he go with Joe for you? What happened? My mom told him flat out, not a goddamn chance in hell you're going to name my son that. <laughs> I kind of thought that might have been it. I thought that might have been the, the, the no, situation. No, they just, they, they compromised. I'm Frank, I'm Joseph Frank. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, there, you go. there you have it. What the else? Generations of Frank Joseph, and then it's like, let's name this one Joseph Frank. Screws everybody. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it all works out. Hey, folks. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I guess that that uh, the the playing the music is all muscle memory. I mean, wow. he played organ at First Baptist Church down there in Ninth and Makuta for close to fifty years. Oh. He was the the lead organist, for lack of better term. And he every Wednesday. During choir practice, he was there. Saturday choir practice, he was there. Sunday, he was there for choir practice. Choir practice before church, and then again after church. So I mean, you could even blindfold the man, and he'd be able to play. You know, one of my favorite stories about your family is we're sitting here one day. Well, you know, one of the members of Soul Asylum, we're talking about music, and all of a sudden, Feedback Frank's <laughs> name comes up. Yeah. And they're talking about Feedback Frank, and Joe calls and goes, Feedback Frank is my yeah. dad. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I know, that was crazy. Who was that who was bringing him up? Well, it was Doug, right? Yeah, Doug Sprinthal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Doug and his, uh, wasn't he? Um... Yeah, there was someone else. From Soul Asylum. Yeah, yeah. a guy from Soul Asylum. Yeah. But weren't they related somehow? I think, like, yeah, yeah, I think so, yes. Step-siblings or something? Yes, I think that's exactly right. That his dad married his mom or some dad, some, some deal like that. Right. All right, Pally, we got Kostaki coming up in a couple of seconds, but I want you to pick the next story I'm reading, okay? I'm going to give you three titles. Which story should I read? You ready? Sure. Sister's claim about Sasheen Littlefeather raises eyebrows. Do you know who Sasheen Littlefeather is? Yes. Marlon Brando lady. That's exactly right. She's the Marlon Brando lady. She's famous for being associated with Marlon Brando. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we got sister's claim about Sasheen Littlefeather raises eyebrows, or I can go with Brazil politician throws hand grenades at the police. Well, okay. It's one way to solve and cause many problems. Yes. And the third one, the final choice would be man allegedly killed a guy who chided him over his manners. Hmm. He, he, he said, you know, you have bad manners, so he kills the guy. Oh, we got to listen to more music. That's all I'm saying, people. Just listen to more music. You'll feel much better. Oh, Emil says the two guys we're talking about are stepbrothers, apparently. They're stepbrothers. That's, yeah, that's exactly go. what it is. Yeah, very good. All right, Joe, Just thank you, sir. about music. We're going to have uh, Kostaki on in a couple of seconds, so I appreciate you calling in, Pally. Right on. Talk to you all later. Have a good day. Bye. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in. Pocket Cast. Teaser. Amazon Music. Audible. Podcast Addict. Podchaser. Google Podcasts. CastBox. Spotify. iHeartRadio. And Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. 
You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. Let me know when Kostaki's ready to go, if you would, Andy. He is on, and I want to see. I want to see uh, when this generational divide shifts, because Dad said something, and I thought he was talking about something else, and I want to see what Kostaki thinks. Okay. So you were telling a story about how you were sitting there, and someone comes up and hands you a forty-five. So Kostaki, what was he handed? <laughs> he, he thought gun you yeah. thought beer no, i right? thought gun it was a record it was a record for old 45 you know, oh 45? my goodness yeah i, I thought i was like that, someone so. handed you a 45 that's a weird thing to do it's like <laughs> no, we got no, a not a 45 not a gun yeah a, a a single i should have said he handed me a yeah. single record so what was your first thought when you heard that 45 I literally thought gun, then you, beer, and didn't think of record there you at all. Go. I didn't yeah. have 45. 45? God, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a 45. Maybe at JB's. He has a bunch of those oh, wow. records. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're kind of coming he back. <clears throat> are they? Oh, yeah. people love vinyl. People are loving mm-hmm. vinyl. We just had Spencer Proffer on, uh, one of the great producers at, out in Los Angeles. Yeah. Music producers. What a! It's been a great show. And Joe called in. Now we got Kostaki Economopolis. I mean, how could my life be any better? <laughs> he laughs. These are the questions. These, These are, the are the questions. So the the, the Vikings had a bye week, so you can't complain about them. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, the Falcons uh, lost as usual, so we can't complain too much about that. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are losing again. Oh my God! Uh, they're, they're and not just terrible. Yeah, they're. They they both look terrible this year. It's they really do. They do. Yep, you're right. L- losing again, and not just invites to Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> was that an inside shot at his field. wife or or him? Well, they're both they're both a little you know upsetting to family at this point. <laughs> well, it's only about a half a billion dollars at stake. What's the difference? Yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness, can you imagine the amount of money? When he's the one who's, whose income is dwarfed by the spouse? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How is that possible? You know, he's only worth about $200 million. Big deal. I know. All over social oh. media, they're, compla- they're talking about how their divorce is getting so contentious. It's like, you've got all the money in the world. Just 
you know, decide how many hundreds of millions you can live on and just yeah, move on. Yeah, for real. Why even argue? Good point. I'll just yeah. I'll take a hundred million good and then yeah. I'm good, you know. Yeah, you do you. Don't worry about the rest. I can live on a hundred million. And they each million. have lots of income yes, they do. ahead as oh, well. Yeah. Yes, they <laughs> like, do. <clears throat> right? No, oh, but even if they didn't, I mean, God. They're going to live another, what, 50 years, maybe? Yeah, what are they arguing about? The frete sheets or something? I mean, what could be? Yeah, I know. (laughs) They can afford anything. Uh, It doesn't matter. You know what it is? They're both coming to the end of their careers. That's exactly what that is. That they're worried about, you know. Because Tom Brady, well, the problem is, or the thing is, even once he retires from being a quarterback, he's still, he's going to be a coach or he's going to be a consultant or something, and he's still going to make $10 million a year. So it's like... Is he really oh, coming up on the end of anything? No, I no, suppose he's going to be. Yeah. And she's a giant brand that doesn't go away yeah. overnight. Oh, yeah, no. right. oh, he'll be put on a million boards of a million things. Yes, he will. won't have to do anything he'll but consult show up. for every NFL yeah. team simultaneously. Every, everybody's going to want him associated with their company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. Maybe we should yeah. get him on ours first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, yeah, there you let's go. grab him first. Yep. Tommy B. Up. It'll be phenomenal. <laughs> I've got the uh, Tom Brady versus Kostaki Economopoulos comparison nobody Ooh, asked for. I like it. Are you ready? I love it. All right. Interceptions. Tom Brady has 204. I have zero. See? <laughs> See? Pick six is 18 to zero. God. Super Bowl losses, three for Tom Brady. None for me. Yeah. See? See? There you uh, go. You're much better. Disappointed supermodels, one for Tom Brady. None for me. <laughs> <laughs> Very Killed good. at a funny bone. Tom Brady has zero. I, I've done it twice. Ooh, <laughs> twice. <laughs> Tom Brady smashes tablets. I crush poker tables. You see, They're, we're different. He, he's a football cheater. I'm a semi bluffer. Yeah, there you go. He's splitting a fortune with his ex. I have nothing to split. You see, it's different. It's totally different. <laughs> the compare and contrast, you know. <laughs> well, you just did a little separating there about a year ago, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. About <laughs> yeah. Seven, eight. Nine months, yeah. God, it's only been yeah. seven, eight, nine months. I thought it was about a year ago now. We don't have too much to fight about. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is weird. I just woke up. Oh, believe me, um, uh, my voice because of the the, the, the the dust blowing through the the air leaves, up here. the leaves falling, the leaves falling. My my throat is completely clogged up. Oh, goodness. I flew in. My flight was late. I flew home last night, super late. I was in Atlanta telling jokes at the punchline all weekend. It was really fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a hell of a flight, though, from Atlanta to Los Angeles. That's a long flight. It is, and it was late, so I'm just sitting on the tarmac for an hour before we Mm -hmm. left. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, So back to Brady and Rodgers. They both got upset, and not just by kids running across their lawns. You see, they're old. (laughs) See? At this point, they're the two old guys from The Muppet Show. Yes. Statler and Waldorf. That's right. Hey, look at you. How do you remember that stuff? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Brady and Rogers both had embarrassing losses. I haven't seen this many old man tears since they canceled Matlock. (laughs) Oh, now, wait a minute. My mother was tearing up over that. I'll never forget it. Uh Uh She loved Matlock. I understand. Uh, Brady and Rogers were going to meet to commiserate for dinner today, but uh, neither could get there uh, by 4 p.m. for, for dinner. You know, they're old. I understand. They're an odd couple for dinner. Brady doesn't eat anything with, uh, with carbs, and Rogers doesn't eat anything without psilocybin. 
so it's hard to it's hard to agree. <laughs> I was it's not, a very I'll, limited palate. I was yeah, not aware of that. <laughs> they could theoretically split an organic avocado spiked with ayahuasca. Maybe. <laughs> well, good. Glad to hear it. Right after the game, Brady said, quote, nobody is happy about where we're at. Well, I'm happy about where he's at, uh, tied with the Falcons, who aren't even trying to win this year. Um, you know who else is unhappy about where he's at? English teachers. You can't end a sentence with a preposition, Tom. What do you, you might be able to fool some football players right. and supermodels with that kind of grammar, but you're almost done with those two groups of people. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. true. <laughs> Panthers smashed Tom Brady. Oh, 21 to 3. How mad is he when his team scores fewer points than he has Super Bowl rings? Oh, God, imagine that. Three points. They got their ass kicked by maybe the worst team in the league. Pirates haven't been this embarrassed since they lost to Tom Hanks. (laughs) Oh, really? That was the movie with the. I I remember the movie. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) The Packers Commanders game took forever. It took so long. In, uh, during the game, Britain had two prime ministers. You see, that's a long period of time. They actually that did, to true, tell you the yes. truth. So that's actually a true story. So, you know. But that game was hard to watch, I'll tell you that. That that trying to throw the ball down the field at the very end of the game by the Packers was just hideous. Yeah, I don't. It seemed, that should be something they're good at. What's happening? Yeah, you would think it was terrible. Amari Rogers muffed a punt in that game and dropped a key pass and the Packers lost. Now he's public enemy number one in Wisconsin, narrowly beating out the breathalyzer. <laughs> oh, a shot at the beer drinkers of Wisconsin is all that was. The, the Packers are so disappointing. They should be sponsored by those fat-free Olestra chips that cause anal leakage. Oh, Jesus. That's a delightful thing. I remember those. Are those even still around any longer? I don't think I, so. I, I think, no. I think I the think publicity kind of killed them. Good. Yeah, that's cool. tough. I was joking with a friend of mine about some of these things, how the publicity angles get changed. You remember there was a... Uh, there was a diet product ad named AIDS. Oh, yeah. A-Y-D-S. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. little, I remember little, that. Uh, A-Y-D-S it was. Yeah, yep. the little candy That's a things. tough draw for a little diet product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Our, our overweight, Time for a rebrand, gentlemen. Our Let's overweight have a neighbors had those in the fridge at all times. Oh, did they really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they <laughs> did. The AIDS candies. That's exactly right. Yeah. Either way, you could lose some weight. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's true. Oh, cold. That's terrible. (laughs) That is terrible. (laughs) Write your strongly worded emails to me for that one. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Roger said this might be the best thing for his team to have these ugly losses. No, Aaron, it's the best thing for what happens to the other team. That's forget two. Rogers needs to be in concussion protocol. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he said. He said nobody. Nobody expects the Packers to beat Buffalo this week, which is the first time America can agree on something that Aaron Rodgers said. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, they're not going to beat Buffalo. That ain't happening. Oh, man. They look terrible right now. They do. He's playing so bad. State Farm uh, raised his deductible. Turns out you don't want the Rodgers rate. <laughs> Ooh. I, the, I, I forgot about the Rodgers rate. Very good. All right, here's a joke up your alley, Tom. Up my what? Uh, to sell, up your, 
Thank you. This joke where the sun don't shine, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, to celebrate the Dolphins' perfect season, they offered 1972 price concessions at the stadium. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. For 75 cents, you get a Coke and a handful of Quaaludes. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. 1972, everybody. <laughs> Quaaludes. The Dolphins are actually good, which ironically sounds like a statement that would make you fail a concussion test. This guy thinks the Dolphins are good. Get him into surgery immediately. Well, they're better. They are a lot better. Yeah, Tua looks good. And, you know, and I and I like him not just because he has the same number of vowels in his name as I do. He's you got a few. We got a few. Yeah, we're we're vowel brothers. You're just missing uh, the E, right? Yeah, he's got. Uh, <clears throat> He's got mostly A's, I guess. I got mostly O's. We got mm-hmm. we got a hell of a name put together for Scrabble. <laughs> oh, God, I, yeah, I suppose. I suppose that is true. Christian McCaffrey now a Niner. Uh, let's see how that goes. Usually, when a super Christian goes to San Francisco, it ends badly. Oh yeah, that's not gonna, that's not going to be smooth. There's no doubt about that. Whatever one. do you mean? <laughs> yes, that's different. What are you trying you know, to imply? Different groups make different choices in life. That's all. Uh, could have been worse. Christian could have gone to Detroit. You know, Christians and Lions not historically. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> he tied her all in, well. ladies and gentlemen. He's very good at it. Is it too much to ask to have Christian McCaffrey and Buddha Baker on the same team? That'd be fun, right? Buddha Baker. Maybe they could sign Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, Scott sure. Muhammad. That's true. Yes, surely out there, there's there's a football playing Jesus Garcia. We yeah. could grab, right? Yes, we could bring everyone together finally. Yeah. Finally, everyone nice. comes together. I love it. <laughs> Now, McCaffrey's got a rough injury history, and the Niners have a rough injury. injury. I'm surprised he didn't tear an ACL just signing the contract. That's, uh, he's he's going to be okay. We'll see. All right, last joke. I like this one. Leo's last joke, and I like last this joke. one. That's really nice. Get ready, You everybody. actually like a joke you're about <laughs> I to saved tell. it for you. All good, right. good, good, good. This one's a bit of a pun. I don't do a lot of pun comedy, but this one's no. good. Uh, Rams owner Stan Kroenke. Ordered to pay five hundred and seventy-one million to Whoa. St. Louis for moving the team to LA. Oh, that's a bit of change. Yeah, talk about an arch nemesis. Ah, <laughs> huh? because St. Louis, <laughs> well-known arch. You're right unbelievable. There. Don't ever call here again. Let me put it that way. Never do a pun. <laughs> I never do a. I never do a pun. Right. He saved his pun for the last All joke right. you too. Get, you get five a year. Yeah, yeah okay. there you go. That's, that's probably more than I need. <laughs> One could only hope. <laughs> so, yeah, your team's still good. They just took a week off. Well, that's we'll good. see. They've only played bad teams other than Philadelphia, and Philadelphia killed them. So, that's, yeah, that might be right. Okay, well, it remains to be seen, but. Yeah, we'll see. They, five and one? Five and that's, one. Yep. That's absolutely. a pretty good place to be sitting. Yeah, but if you're a Viking fan, you know they're going to tear your guts out at the end of the season. So what's the difference? Yeah. I've been putting up with it since I was about nine years old. No, actually, I was was a baseball fan at nine, but a football fan at 15. Yeah, the last three games, people should just not show up. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. If you don't knock this crap off, we're not coming to the games. Well, that's the problem. You don't know when the last game is going to be. Uh, (laughs) It could be at any point. Yeah, as soon as they start looking bad, you might as well just forget it. It's true. Right. Yep. I understand as a Falcons fan. Yep. 
You know our that game. you do. That is very, very true. All right, In our Pally. next lives, Tom, can we pick good teams to root for? Yes. The next, the next time we come back to life, I'm ready for it. There's no question. <laughs> I wonder how common it is to just, like, root for someone completely unrelated to your life. Just like, you know, you're born in Minnesota and you're, you know, you're a Cowboys fan. You've never been you to know Texas. What? But I took, that's a question I, I ask a lot when it, from the stage. I sort of chat with people about how they connected with their teams. Yeah. It's pretty rare. Almost always there's a story about dad or yeah. my yep. grandmother liked Some, this team. Something, or yeah. My brother hated this team, and so I decided to like him. There's usually a very good reason. Well, I feel like I, as a Minnesotan, <laughs> if I was, you know, walking around going, you know, go 49ers, people would be like, why? Every time right. someone yeah. heard that, they'd come up to me and ask why, and it would get really annoying, so I would just stop. <laughs> I did this weekend. I talked to a guy who he literally – he. His, something happened with his team. He was frustrated, and he didn't like his local team. So he literally put the 32 teams in a hat and drew a team <laughs> this out. This is my new team. Like and it. he's been rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for like 30 years. Huh. <laughs> well, they hadn't been too bad. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with them, so that was That's good. right. Yeah. That's right. He did indeed. Are they Florida's yeah. only team? No, Miami. Oh, that's right. And Jacksonville. And, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville, too, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought Jacksonville was a college team. Huh. No, Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars. because they're terrible. Well, yeah. that could be why. You never hear anything about them. <laughs> well, there is a big college team They would have been there. relegated if we had a system. There, yeah. Yeah. That's true. University. That is college team mm-hmm. territory. It is. Yep, You're right. Roll Tide. Roll Wait. Tide? <laughs> no. Really? He goes with Roll Tide. That's a little tide. north of there, but <laughs> close enough. It's oh, not north of there. It's west of there. It's yeah. west of there, yes. Where the hell is Alabama? Okay, so... West of there, <laughs> just vaguely south, southwestish of me. It's above Pensacola. No, Kostaki, I can close with a quick story. Southeastish, as long as it's what, what you guys are talking about. All right. The family has a family of friends, uh, and I won't say their name because it's you know, but Johnny, the husband, uh, went to uh, Alabama for college. He's from Georgia originally. Uh, he's right. a Southern boy. There's no doubt about that. He went to uh, he went to Alabama for college, so he's always roll tied and this and that and the other thing. So a family member of his, and by the way, he's he's a rather conservative political man. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, so his wife or his family bought him a brand new golf bag for Christmas about five ten years ago, and of course, right you know the little pocket where you put the golf balls and the tees and all that stuff. Right. Okay. On the outside of that, it just said Bama, you know, because Alabama it just said Bama. And some pain in the ass in the bag room went in overnight and glued an O in front of Bama so it said Obama. We're <laughs> <laughs> ah. kind of asking for it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. He Bama is it's, it's one letter away. Yeah, exactly. That's so it's, great. he had to carry around a bag. I put that together, that those are that close. That's funny. Oh, yeah, Bama and Obama. But he saw that Obama, and, and he couldn't get it off because they glued the piss out of it. So even if he <laughs> tore it off, it would still tear the, the leather, and it would still say Obama anyway. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's Isn't that clever. wonderful? That is very clever, I think. <laughs> All right, young man, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Looking forward to it. Kostaki Economopolis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, even though I never read the thing and I didn't go to the University of Minnesota, well, I, I actually went for one day. 
this is this is a bit unsettling. But you know, we've talked about this on the show many, many times. That you know, the broadcast television, broadcast radio, and newspapers are all going to go by the wayside in the next few years. Uh, in major markets, anyway, in smaller markets, they will not. It'll take longer. But um, after 120 years of publication, the Minnesota Daily has ended regular print publication. What is oh, the Minnesota Daily? I am really, really, it's a daily newspaper that was published at the University of Minnesota. Yep. I am so shocked that they haven't gotten rid of it before because of climate change. I know. Uh, what are you doing printing on paper? I'm just, yeah, I know. Well, technically, every time you print something on paper, you're sequestering carbon in the paper. So. <laughs> well, there technically, you go. though, that's not how so uh, people that are worried about climate change works so no yeah, it's true that and i and once again it's just more litter all over the place and what are they i know you know i, I mean, know they should have killed it off years ago. Are, are they doing an online version or what are they replacing it well with? i will read the story because it's just like i said i, I only went to the university of minnesota for one day and it was never my kind of newspaper anyway i had they used to go after me quite a bit up there. i had letters to the editor um oh did you printed in there and i was quoted a couple of times i wish i would have kept all those things things but i don't remember and i don't really care but um yeah yeah it used to be like the thing to you know go to campus and, hmm. and read that i was yeah, yeah true if you had been on the university of minnesota campus in early march 2020 you could have picked up what might be considered a collector's item today as the campus and the rest of the world shut down and went virtual due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Minnesota Daily suspended print publication, announcing that there will be no physical edition of the student newspaper until in-person classes resumed. Students have since returned to classroom, but the ink-on-paper version of the Daily has not. As reported earlier in Racket, what is Racket? Is that a news site? I have no idea. It must know. be. Sounds like a meta-news site. Leadership at the paper decided not to resume regular print publication. As the Racket article put it, the print edition of the Daily was quietly killed off, never to return. That meant that the last issue, regular issue of the Daily, which started publication in 1900, was published sometime in early March of 2020. The last copy of the paper collected by the Minnesota Historical Society is dated March 2, 2020. A front-page story in that paper with an apparent typo in the headline announces COVID-9 causes you to cancel abroad programs. COVID-9, COVID-19, what's the difference? COVID-9. Maybe that's why. The copy is a sort of rarity because at the time so few of them were printed. I mean, I, look, I, like I said, I never read it, never had anything to do with it, but it still feels weird that there will not be a Minnesota Daily newspaper. Like I said, I didn't even know it existed, so... And I well, think I'm not the only one, which it, is probably the problem. It yeah. really didn't matter, um... To me, that much. I mean, I I got it because it was a free publication, but it wasn't something that you lived and died by. I just think that um, it just it's got to be all about the waste and all that. Well, stuff. it costs plus, money to print, you know, papers. You got to rent out a printing press, and they're probably really expensive because there's probably like three of them left. And I, I, I do think that at one time, uh, a college newspaper was basically a catalyst for journalism students to, oh, no question you know, about to it, go yeah. into some yeah. sort of publishing realm after that, because that would have been a feather in your cap that you were a reporter um, or editor or whatever for the Minnesota Daily Newspaper, because it it's a big campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's too bad. It's really too bad. The whole that whole industry is just dead. Well, it's a whole different world now. I mean, it is a completely different world now. 
than it was, you know, obviously 20, 30 years ago. I mean, ago. as far as newspapers, you've been <clears throat> subscribing to the Star Tribune for some strange reason for all these years online, the online version, but they still throw a paper on our driveway they do. once yeah, a they, week now. They do, that's true. It's like, stop throwing the paper at, at us. We yeah. don't want it. It's a waste of everything. It goes right into the recycling bin. It does, yep. yeah. I don't bring it in. I don't read it. I don't use it and for by the anything. Way, it's wrapped in plastic. And too. it's it wrapped is. in plastic. Well, so the rain doesn't ruin it. Yeah, but I mean, right. he. he he subscribes anyway. to the online version. Right. Why they just randomly decide to start throwing newspapers at your house, I don't understand that business practice. They're paying to have these papers printed. Well, it's Might also well give them to someone. It's also probably a little bit of a, and, oh, see, he's got the paper in his driveway. Yeah, there's a physical presence Maybe there. I, yeah, it's almost like a little advertising. Well, it's like when people used to have those little Star Tribune things that you they'd put the Star oh, the Tribune tubes? in. Yeah, yeah those tubes. little tubes. Mm-hmm. People would go by the houses and be like, oh, wow, the Star Tribune's a big deal. They even got it on their mailbox. Well, it was a big deal at one time. I, mean, I remember that Sunday paper coming in. and Massive, yeah. And the entire family was quiet. Because this person would want this, that person would my, want that, the, the sports, the funnies, the, yep. you know, just, yeah. I mean, it took hours to go through the paper. Yes, Every I Sunday. Oh, it did, yeah. The, that paper used to be literally about three inches thick, yeah. the Sunday paper. Loaded yep. with ads and all that kind of stuff. And we even got the paper for a very short period of time just because of, you know, I think that's funny papers for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I never real, I didn't really read it after a while. Well, it's funny because so, what age would you guess that I was when Calvin and Hobbes stopped being printed? Nine, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I was nine. You yeah. were nine. But I mean, Very that, like, good, that's Anna. that's a long time ago. Yeah, I was nine by the and, oh, and you once were Calvin mad. and Hobbes went away, I really stopped reading the funnies. Yeah, you were big mad. <clears throat> I was not happy about you that. Were, you wanted to write letters to the paper. Mm-hmm. Why? And he just quit because of some sort of thing about the comic. They wanted to shrink the cells or something. He and basically he felt do it. that the medium was not allowing him to be artistically free because it's like more ad space less comic space because he used to do these massive full page full color comics yeah and they they they'd say you know no color because color ink costs more money and then they'd say oh we got to put an ad down here shrinking your space and eventually he just got fed up so what is he doing nowadays being a recluse really it he's it's impossible to find him you can't interview him really yeah were you guys talking about bill watterson Really? Yeah. So he he had all those books, the Calvin and Hobbes books. He still makes money off of yeah, selling Calvin and Hobbes. He gets royalties, but he doesn't. Yeah, like uh. he doesn't do interviews anywhere. The I think he's done like one guest comic since then really? for some other comic that he liked. But yeah, he, like he doesn't want to be talked to. He doesn't want to talk about it. He just doesn't do anything anymore. Nope. Maybe he's got a pseudonym and he's doing something else that we don't know. It's him. Well, maybe he's like me. If I had Calvin and Hobbes money, I wouldn't do anything either. <laughs> he just sit at home. I don't home know. All Back day. in those days, did you make enough money? Oh, like... I'm sure he made tons of money. Oh, Calvin oh, and Hobbes is God, yes. world famous. <clears throat> all the oh. attire, the shirts, the hats, and all that stuff too. I just that was a gr- that was a great comic strip. Well, actually, the merch was never made. He doesn't want merch. Oh, I thought they, so. They never did make the merch. I remember that, but There's they never no did make it. Huh? Any merch you see of Calvin and Hobbes is illegitimate. God, really? I just, yeah. Like those those 
popular stickers back then where Calvin would pee on something. Yeah. Remember right, those? Right. Those were all uh, illegitimate. They yep. were bootlegged. Yes, oh, they really? sure were. Well, there are still stickers you can put. I like, you see a lot of pickup trucks with that little figure. Well, peeing. now it's the pickup trucks peeing on other pickup trucks. Yeah. Which is yeah. So exactly. stupid. But. <laughs> exactly. God, I just remember looking at that and just the the look on that little boy's face when he was eating. Uh, frosted coated sugar bombs or oh, whatever they chocolate were. Chocolate frosted sugar bombs, yeah. <laughs> sugar frosted sugar bombs? Yeah. Chocolate Sh- frosted. Well, chocolate frosted was. sugar bombs. There's I don't know. Chocolate Something like that. And, you know, it just was so funny because that's what all the kids yep. wanted was the... I still remember the name of the fake cereal in Calvin and Hobbes yep. 30 that years later. A, that and was then a great thing. one time he belched so hard that his head went triangular. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's funny. <laughs> That is funny. I it love that It was hilarious. Stuff. And they're riding on that sled, which seemed like forever to get down the hill that yep. they could have a conversation. And it's like, oh, yeah, just... they could have a long conversation while sledding down the hill. Yeah. Like, Are you on a mountain? Oh, it was just, it was a great, it was a great time to be alive. Mm-hmm. It was indeed. What the hell of a show, the three of us just holding down the fort. What do you think of Look that action? Look at us actually having things to say. A couple of great guests, though, we had, have to admit. The oh. stock he was on. Well, yeah, absolutely. The guest and of course, made all the Spencer Proffer. Yeah, Spencer Proffer. Yeah, he moved. Um, his he that was a, his name isn't the name that he came to America with. No, he changed his name. Right. Um. Yeah, moved from Germany. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Born Nine. in Germany and moved when he was six to New Mexico. And why was that again? He said why. why He He said that there was a... Well, he was born in 1948, so... Yeah, he's 73 then? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, being born in 1948 in Germany? Oh, yeah. Very bad. Not a great time to be in Germany. No, no, no. no, Not at all. But, yeah, it just... What a career. I mean, to come from that kind of background and to do all of the things that he did is amazing. Michael Bryant just texted me from wherever he is. So, how did the podcast go today? <laughs> Still on the podcast, my yeah, client. Yeah. Well, I can say this. Joe has been sober for two years as of yesterday. As of yesterday? Really? So, Congratulations. Congratulations, That's Joe. That's fantastic. amazing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That is great. And I, is, it, is it next March? It's going to be 10 years for me, right? It's uh, next March, I think. That sounds, yeah, because we just did our 10 year for this show. And I didn't drink during this show. Yeah, you did. During the very, very during, beginning. Oh, during the very beginning? You quit like halfway into the first year, I think. So, oh, yeah, so, that, that so would yeah, it would be March of March of next year. So it'll be 10 yep. years in March. 10 years, wow. 10 years. Indeed. I remember what we oh. did the next night The next night after I quit drinking. I took you guys out to dinner, and, and you said, well, we, we won't drink. I said, you can drink all oh, you yeah, want. Right. I don't care. We just watched, what was the movie we just watched with uh, Sigourney Weaver? Um, oh, uh, good, the good, good house. house. The good, good house. house. Yeah, we didn't know. Really it, good. I, I, it was just advertised on a streaming service. Yes. And I was like, oh, Sigourney yep. Weaver and Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Kevin yep. Klein. He's both terrific. Good, yeah, it. both good actors, actresses. And um, it was not what we thought because the trailer would lead you to think that it was sort of a comedy. Yeah, right. Not There's so a much lot a of comedy. that. They always market everything as a comedy, and then it's not, <laughs> not so a much. comedy. Not so much yeah. a comedy, but it was really good, and it, it, it's about her, you know, alcoholism yep. issues, and it was very well done. But it doesn't beat you over the head with it. No, it's the way she handles it. Absolutely. I remember for like ten years ago, maybe even longer now, we would go through um, 
like the online catalogs of movies, and I I don't know if what uh, what thing it was on, probably Voodoo, and we'd go through the comedy section and we'd find something and be like, oh yeah, that looks pretty funny, and then we'd watch it, and it's like the most depressing thing in the world. Yeah. Remember how they used to do that all the time? They call it a black comedy. Yeah. yeah. Because it was yeah. like all tragedy and then one joke, so yeah. it qualifies as a black comedy. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. We will talk tomorrow. I don't know if Alex is going to be in tomorrow or not because Sage Depends is a little sick. Sage stops. That cold was very bad, so he's going to be sick well, for a while. Well, he's been sick since Friday. Friday? So, yeah. He's going to be sick for probably until Friday. Yeah, and they ran around like lunatics all weekend, oh, yeah, so did. he didn't get any rest, so it might linger yeah. a little longer. Who knows? Hopefully he'll get better soon. Ethan was sick for like three weeks I almost. I know, poor baby. Eth, Eth. Yep. I hope All everybody right. feels better. We'll be back tomorrow with the family.